You cannot heal in the same environment which made you sick. I love that quote. And one my guests actually mentions on this episode of Heal, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Heal. Today, we get to sit with Veronica Whedon, who is an integrative health coach. She helps people who have left toxic relationships heal on an emotional, mental, and physical level. Hi, Veronica. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming all the way from Switzerland. I feel honored to have someone from so far away. Um, it's just so neat. When I read your bio, I was like, oh, this sounds like something that a lot of people may connect to, may resonate with. Um, mm -hmm. And before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about um, how the conversation would go. And, and I was talking about red flags. And, and, and it's funny because in this business, I tend to work with people who don't put themselves first. They tend to put themselves last. And I'm hoping through our conversation, we get to talk a little bit about understanding your worth. Um, but I'm really curious to hear your story and how you became an integrative health coach, where it all began and what brought you down that road, if you don't mind sharing. Happy to share. Yes. Um, so, you know, to your point earlier, it is, I mean, you know, unhealthy or toxic relationships where essentially one, one partner from the equation puts themselves last. It's, it's so common. Um, it's just, um, there's generally a lack of awareness as to what it is. And, and, you know, we find ourselves in these relationships, but aren't, we don't see it, right? We're not conscious of it. Right. We know we're not happy, but we don't really understand why or it's what's funny because I even would argue that sometimes you don't realize that we're not happy. Sometimes it takes a I, lot to become aware of that. Yeah, I mean, that honestly would be, I mean, it happens, I agree with you. And I think that's even a sign that you've been in it for so long, right. that you don't even know what happy is anymore, right? That you just accepted that your status quo, whatever that is that you're feeling, and, right. and you still do. And I do believe that you inherently know that it's, it's not great, right? Because you're usually drained of energy, you have chronic fatigue, you can Yeah, I was going to say there definitely fog. becomes some physical signs. Exactly. Um, right. You know, you get physical ailments, um, chronic pain, lots of, I mean, it can manifest in so many different ways. Uh -huh. um, so, so there usually are other, other indicators that something's not going quite right. Right. Um, but, but yes, that's usually an indication that you've been in it for, for so long and, and you can't even, you can't even see the light anymore at the end of the tunnel because you just, it, it, you just believe at this stage that the tunnel is, is like, this is all there is where you're at and, and this is all there is. Yeah. Um, so take us back a little bit in your life and how you um, realized that you were in a toxic relationship or as far back as you want to go, even Veronica, if you feel like parts of your um, upbringing brought you to your um, toxic relationship, if you will. Sure. Um, so I was one of those people who was just completely unaware of, of what I was in. Um, mm. And it was, I'll sort of start 
at the end before going back to the beginning. And um, for me, uh, a, a big portion, I was, I was in a romantic relationship with someone um, for six years, actually. Um, and at the beginning of the relationship, I was unlike so many people experience, I thought I'd met the person, you know, the one for me, he was just perfect and everything I ever dreamt of. And I thought, oh, but he listens and he hears me and he sees me for who I am, something I'd never experienced before. So I was yeah. really enamored and, um, and, and pulled into it. Uh, and for those people who, who aren't familiar with toxic relationships and the narcissistic abuse cycle, it is a cycle. And the first part of that cycle is called, or generally referred to as love bombing, yes. where, where this happens, right? They, they pay so much attention to you and they shower you with, I mean, it can be physical gifts. It can just be attention. It can, I mean, it's just overwhelming in many sense, but in a good way, or at least it feels good for most people because many people have not experienced it to that level before. Right. They equate that all with, they must truly love me or exactly, me. or they see me and they hear me, right? They give most you this importantly, yeah. Right. And they ask you all these questions and, and you think, oh, they're so interested in me. Again, you feel like you're seen and you're heard. Right. Um, and, and that, though, and they're usually very open with you as well. And, and they share very personal things very quickly, um, which is then so easy to think, oh, they trust me. And, you know, they're open about their emotions, which inherently is an attractive quality. Um, so there, there are lots of these tactics that they use and, and, and signs that are there, which if you aren't aware of the process, are completely misleading and, and mm -hmm. just pull you right in. And I definitely was one of those people and I was right. pulled right in. And um, But what, what they do, unfortunately, is then once they know your deepest, darkest secrets and, and most of your fears and your desires, that's kind of, they then tap into that and use that for the rest of the relationship, however long that may be, to manipulate you and to keep you hooked. Um, and, and they almost always I would argue, say, and say always, <laughs> go for go for empaths, right? So people who do tend to put themselves last in the line of things. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very specific about who they they choose and go after. And often it is, it's very accomplished, very intelligent, you know, very successful individuals. Um, so you know, lots of lots of people who end up in these relationships and, and they get out and they look back. And the first thing, I mean, I've heard it so many times they say, oh, I'm so stupid because I fell for it. I'm so stupid because I keep going back or I'm so stupid. And there's so much negative self-talk. But I've had some women who have been in these types of relationships say to me, but I just miss, I'm going to say him because typically yeah. they're usually a, a woman who is, in my experience, um, I just miss him so much. And, and I, and I, and I say, well, you might just miss the relationship, maybe not him <laughs> so much. Like maybe it's just the idea of being in a loving relationship that, you know, was appearing to be a loving relationship. Yeah. They, what they miss is, is the idea of the person they first met. If in fact it went through the cycle, but the, the tragic thing in it all is that that person never existed. 
the person wasn't real, right? They mm-hmm. created whatever your perfect person is. And the next one they moved on to, they created a persona that was perfect for them, which was mm-hmm. probably very different than what was perfect for you. It feels like a but, lot of work on their end, doesn't it? But it's how they operate. And right. They, because, because narcissists, they have no empathy. So just imagine that. It, it's a difficult concept for empaths to, to really grasp. And, and this is where lots of people get blocked in, in the healing process because they, they can't actually wrap their head around that someone could, could do things to the extent that these people mm-hmm. sometimes do it. They're like, but it's just like, nobody would do that or it just can't happen or it's too extreme. Yes, it must be made. It must be made. Yeah, yeah. And they they really struggle. And you're like, yeah, but they did these nice things. So therefore there must be some niceness in them, right? Um, And and it it is, it's very difficult to, to wrap your head around that the person that you spent, again, years, potentially decades with was was an illusion that they did just, it was right. a lie or what you believed was a lie because it's this moment when, when you do sort of take it in your entire reality shatters and that's devastating. It really is. It's, so it's, it's not it's, surprising that most people want to avoid it and they live in denial and, right. you know, ignorance is a, is a serious side effect of pain. So yeah, they're, they're not alone. But I know I've digressed a lot. We're no, no, that's fine. That's fine. It's just interesting. Yeah. You started. I was one about, of those people. Yes, I mean, back, back you started to, to talk it. about I, the cycle. You know, I'm dying to know yeah. the rest, like the rest of the cycle, but we can ease our way into that if you <laughs> want to. Um, I don't mind which direction you want to go. But yeah, what what if you want to talk a little bit about your history with this sort of relationship, that would be great as well. Yeah, I mean, so I, again, I was one of those people who was just sucked into it. And I spent six years with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I It also sort of went to the extreme where I was, um, we were engaged to be married. Um, and he told me the night before our wedding that he wasn't coming. <laughs> so one of those, you know, movie stories dumped at the altar. That was me. Well, I True suppose story. you're you're grateful he told you. <laughs> But, but here's the kicker, I still, and so during that, like on my actual wedding day, because of course everyone was there, I had to sh- like show up and explain it because he, he didn't show up. Um, and again, like humiliation is another one of the tactics that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I was, and then, and then I, you know, he was calling me, then the sort of love bombing and the, the gaslighting started again, where he called me on the day of our supposed wedding and um, was saying that he was so upset he was going to commit suicide. So that, I mean, this is, this is why, like, it's so important that people understand the extremes that some of these people can go to, to just mess with your mind in such a big way. Um, And of course, you know, when you're dumped at the altar, your emotions are kind of everywhere anyway and to sort of share something more personal I had just lost my mother three weeks before as well so I was kind of grieving the loss of my mother in in, and you know for I think anyone getting married your sort of mother is an important part of that process and I just Mm -hmm. lost her and there was all of that happening and then I'm dumped at the altar and then he calls me telling me that he's going to commit suicide and I mean it was it was crazy and and this is this is the thing when you're in these relationships the drama is never ending so if you can't recognize anything else just be aware that if if there's 
if you feel like there's always drama in your life and you're, it's like you're on a roller coaster that you just can't get off of, that's a big sign, right? Yeah. Because it's exhausting because it puts your body into fight or flight mode all the time. Well, you don't know what to expect. So you're on edge. Exactly. It's like walking on eggshells. You never know what's going to happen next. And your body being in fight or flight is physically long-term a very dangerous thing. I mean, our bodies are brilliant, right? They're, they're our best friend. And historically, this fight or flight, it's an amazing invention of the body because right. you know, when we used that, when there was danger and we had to outrun a tiger, yes. <laughs> like, you need that adrenaline, right? To, to get away, you need it to move. You need your body to go into overdrive. Yeah. But if you're, if, if you're in normal situations and that happens, your body will, will go, your nervous system will go back into the relaxed state, the parasympath- uh, parasympathetic nervous system. Um, after about 20 minutes, give or take, it'll, it'll re-regulate. But what happens in toxic relationships is it never gets the opportunity to re-regulate. And so you have all this adrenaline and cortisol and everything pumping through your body all the time. And it has serious consequences mentally, emotionally, physically long-term because you can never get out of that state. And it's really dangerous long-term. So, so at what point in your story, it sounds like he was still love bombing you and then gaslighting you after Mm -hmm. the wedding day. Mm -hmm. How long did it take for you to realize that you had to To break all ties and get out? So I went back for another year. Um, And again, I mean, just, you know, again, from the outside, it must have looked insane. It must have looked crazy. But of course, we live together. So you have you have a logistical element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which in reality isn't, it needs to be dealt with, but it is still an excuse. Um, but it's so difficult because my emotions were real when you're in it as the empath, your emotions are real. It's just, and he meanwhile has no emotions. Exactly. Just... exactly. And I'm thinking, oh, but you know, he's unwell and the love bombing starts again. And, and yeah, it's just, it's a never ending cycle. And the longer you stay, the worse it gets. And I can imagine at some level too, after losing your mom and, and um, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but you have this feeling of, I couldn't save her. How can I save him? I don't want to lose another person. So you feel almost obligated to stay with someone who claims he's going to take his own life. So, I mean, you touch a nerve there because I have unfortunately experienced quite a bit of loss with people very close to me in my life. So going back to the initial love bombing phase, asking all the questions he knew full well, and he found this out early on that that sort of my pain point Mm -hmm. was, was losing someone very close to me that I loved. It was, it was the loss element. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the, the tactic then he tapped into was throughout the six years, he was always sick or he was dying or he at the beginning he told me he had cancer when he was younger and again a healthy human being you think oh well you know you must be such a strong person for getting over it and good for you like for you know you just think good things and ad- you have you have admiration for that. I was person. just going to say it's admirable and right? strong Which is and exactly yeah. what they want, right? This is their narcissistic supply. And as a healthy human being, you never think that someone would lie about something like that because people who actually suffer with cancer, I mean, it's a devastating, horrific process to go through, right? With so right. much uncertainty. And you think, how could anyone be so sick as to 
is to start lying about things like that. Right. But it, unfortunately, again, lying about sickness, whether it's cancer or some other disease, is, is a very common tactic for, for narcissists and throughout our relationship. So as it turns out, I later found out he, of course, never had cancer. <gasps> No, really? No, no, he never, he never had any of it. And he, oh, every sickness was faked, every, everything. And he would fake a seizure. He would, I mean, everything was fake. I found out much later on. And as so, was so out. we're, we're in the year after, do you mind if we stay here for a minute? Like we no, go back we to can, the year. So how did, how did I get out? Right. That's the case. I'm, yeah. Right? I'm dying to know. At so what point my, did you finally say enough is enough? I'm out. It was my body. So I'm on, on two levels, actually. So I'm a, I'm a dreamer mm-hmm. and I was just getting all these crazy dreams. Like I wasn't sleeping. Like I don't understand them. They're so far out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, someone had just mentioned, oh, you should write them down. And so I did that without really understanding why I was doing it. And at some point, about six months into writing them down, I, I looked at a pattern and I was like, each of the dreams was sort of had a, had a theme of split personalities, like, like no. two, two elements in it. And I was like, I, so then I thought, is he schizophrenic? Like, is it, you know, that was my, my initial thought. Um, but there was also something very unsettling. And of course, all these people, they have many other we're talking about a male here, but I do want to be clear. It can equally be a woman or, or like it's not gender specific at all, Mm -hmm. Um, but just for the sake of going through this conversation, I'll refer to the toxic person as, as a him as well. Cause in my case, you know, he was right. Um, And, and he had, uh, so he would always speak about other women in, in a, in a strange way. And at some point when he was faking one of these uh, illnesses, I got a message from a woman who, who I knew it was his girlfriend before me. And she said, Oh, you know, I've heard he's ill. If something happens, won't you please just let me know. And I thought, well, that's strange. How does she even know about the illness and so on? Um, and, And that happened before, but I had kept that message and so after I was having all these dreams I just it was a gut feeling and also um so talking about physical ailments I had gotten so ill over the course of the six years with him so I'd suffered a seizure I ended up with back surgery um and no doctor could explain why I didn't have any accidents and I didn't understand it because by nature I was quite a fit and healthy person Mm -hmm. um and, and no doctor could explain anything. Again, I understood it all retrospectively, but at the Absolutely. time I'd had back surgery and this was now a year later and the same issues started reoccurring to the point where I could barely walk and I was bedridden again. Isn't that amazing? The body, again, you mentioned is such an right. amazing So it was my body in terms of the physical manifestation plus then the dreams. And you can call that spiritual or, Mm -hmm. but you know, again, manifesting through, through my body. And I just woke up from that one dream and I was like, I need to call this woman. And I made that very awkward phone call of calling another woman saying, you know, this is who I am. Please don't hang up. I I need to, I need to understand. I need to uh, have a conversation 
Unfortunately, she didn't hang up, but I could instantly hear how uncomfortable she was. And right. that was really the beginning. And through that conversation, I learned that um, that he had been cheating the entire six years, that he wasn't oh, even no. when we got together. Um, and, and then after that conversation, I sort of tracked down some other women and I, I just played investigator and I made those very awkward, difficult phone calls but I needed to, to learn the truth. And for me, my hard line was always cheating. And so once I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had cheated, even though the signs were there all along, but I, I just never saw them because mm-hmm. I believed he was this wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but when I knew concretely that he had, um, he had cheated that it's like a, a switch in my head just flipped. Cause yep. that was, that was my hard line. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then after that, but I still didn't understand the toxic part and the narcissistic part. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was really just, okay, he cheated. And that means I'm out. There, there's no. Did you internalize that at all? That betrayal at all? As if it was your fault? Or did you? No, honestly, that it was at that him. point, it was yeah. so tired and so weak. Good. And so I couldn't, I just. And at that point, then the anger and frustration and disappointment and all of that surfaced, but I just went into operation mode and I was like, okay, this is it. I need to get out and certain things need to happen. And then, um, so I, I really just shut down and went into operation mode until I could remove myself, (laughs) which some people are able to do and some people aren't, but that that's how it worked for me in that situation. Um, and so then there was a time period where, you know, cause we lived together, we had to give notice and all the logistical stuff. And it was another sort of few months before I could cut ties. But during that time, I sort of came across toxic and narcissism and I started researching and I started learning. And all of a sudden, as I educated myself on the topic, it's like 10,000 aha light yes. bulb went yes. on in my brain I'm like but wait that happened and that happened and that happened and that oh my goodness now that and everything that didn't make sense because these relationships are so confusing and frustrating because mm-hmm. you keep trying to make it better but it never gets better and you don't yeah. understand why yeah what are you, you doing wrong why, because yeah. you don't understand how they function and the tactics they use um and once I once I learned about all these things I was like oh my god all of a sudden it's like a puzzle piece that you've been trying to put together for in my case six years and all of a sudden I could just put the whole puzzle together in a very short period of time and it all made sense and then it was devastating because then you're like oh my god he did this on purpose. (laughs) have been a lie. I have been a lie for And what we said before, your entire reality shatters, and that's devastating. You question everything, who you are, everything you've heard. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would, I probably would question all of my relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just very confusing. I mean, how do you trust again? You know, how do you trust yourself to find someone who isn't but here's the kicker. It's not about trusting. And it, it took me a long time, right, to get here. But it's not about trusting someone else. It's about trusting yourself. Yourself, yeah. So trust yourself. We, to- we all, I mean, it's, it's the majority of people on the planet, right? We look for answers outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and not within ourselves. And your and body that- was screaming to you the whole time. 
Right, right. Which is actually why I ended up calling my program Make Your Body Your Boss, because it is all about reconnecting with yourself and your body and your intuition and to use that as a guide. Um, That's the sort of underlying thread of it. Well, you know, that sounds fabulous. And I think that this is actually a really great opportunity for us to stop and take one quick break. Um, Because when we come back, I'd like to hear more about your program, Make Your Body Your Boss. Mm -hmm. And I would love um, to talk about how people can connect with you. Again, I've I've had many conversations with women um, about such relationships. So I think that this story coming out now is really, will be really helpful for some of our listeners. So we'll take a quick break and we will let everyone know when we come back, how they can get in touch with you and what your program is like. We'll be right back. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Thanks for joining us again. I'm back with Veronica Whedon. Remember, she is our integrative health coach. Uh, She helps women or people, anyone who um, have been in toxic relationships to help heal. She mentioned before the break that her program is called Make Your Body Your Boss, and I am dying to know what that entails. So welcome back, Veronica. Thank you. Tell us a bit about your program and tell us, I'm really interested because about how you decided, like, why, why did you decide to do this? Because um, so many people who have been through such traumatic situations, experiences, um, they don't often say, now I need to help others with this and what I mm-hmm. teach others what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what made you decide to do that? Before we talk about your program, do you mind just sharing a little bit? Not at all. Um, so for me, it really was at that point in my life when I when I finally did get out, I was just so depleted. I mean, I had oh, nothing that. left that had been going on for so long mm-hmm. and I just didn't understand, you know, and my learning process was actually a long one because I it when you're in these relationships, it's a very difficult if you don't know it's toxic, you again you know you're not happy but you're so far in it and you end up making excuses for the other person and you sort of push out this persona of I am happy and it's a great relationship because you want to be and you want to believe it but deep down inside we always know when when we're not but at the same time you don't know how to change it or how to fix it yeah and underneath you know there's always elements of shame and fear of being alone and yeah so many deep-seated emotions which to be honest almost everyone carries if not if not everyone right um and once you go down a road like at some point you're so far down that road that you just you don't even know how to to get out and I wouldn't know how to turn around you wouldn't know where to go who to ask and and so for me I didn't and I was just at the beginning of my learning process of toxic and narcissism and 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 all these things 
I didn't have anyone to turn to. I didn't have anyone I could talk to about it. I didn't really know how to explain it to people. And when I tried to explain it, people didn't really understand because mm-hmm. unless you've been through it, you, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was just a, a very, very lonely, isolated um, road. And I, I didn't know what needed to change, but I knew something needed to change. And Mm -hmm. so I went through, I mean, honestly, my healing journey was years and then entailed, you know, everything from like physical detoxes to, you know, I went to integrative, um, I went to become an integrative health coach and, and that really focused a lot on nutrition and things. And I detox my whole body. I detox my home. I did a ton of different courses. I read so many different books. I Absolutely. Well, I have a I question. The world. I... Wait, you got a lot of experience. Yeah. When you um, detoxed your uh, body, what did that, what was that? Was that physically detoxing your body of, um, you know, like processed foods and things, or was it something else? No. So, so this is part of my program. I'm going to tie it back. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) My my program, make your body your boss, right? It actually, and you know, I talk about healing on a, an emotional, mental and physical level, because what I essentially ended up doing was taking from my years of, of healing and learning and the fortunes that I've spent doing it took all the elements that I felt were really essential and that really were effective for me and necessary in the healing process. And I've taken those and condensed it into a very intensive eight week program um, that addresses the, the various levels of healing. And to your point, yes, one is absolutely a physical, a physical detox, because mm-hmm. what often we already talked a little bit about physical ailments that can come as a result of these, um, or manifest as a result of these relationships. So detoxing physically is such an important part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, through nutrition, uh, but it's also through um, your environment, your home environment. I even went so far as to, I changed all the products I used on my skin because our skin mm-hmm. is our biggest organ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't promote any specific brands. So I'm not like a salesperson or, okay. <laughs> or anything. It's just, I'm just sharing. That's what I did because yeah. I just it detoxing on every level and your, your mind affects your body, your body affects your mind. Right. Right. When, when we're physically strong, then we're emotionally more able to be emotionally strong as well. Mm-hmm. So combination of 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 the elements is very important Mm -hmm. Um, and that whole detox program that's part of the reason it's eight weeks because it takes that amount of time to to go through the process that I run through with people so you Um, work on the physical level detoxing and around inside and around the body you mm -hmm. work on the mental um and spiritual even yes, because um, so what it's about, it's, it's really about going back and it's looking inwards, right? Yep. Instead of looking outwards for answers. And really to, to be a fit for my program, you have to have made two really important decisions. One is to be out of the relationship. So you have to get out because mm-hmm. I fundamentally believe you cannot heal in the same environment that made you sick. Because right. just the tactics will keep coming. And mm-hmm. even if with the best of intentions, you can't. So you have to be out. And the, the second one is you have to decide that something has, that 
something needs to change in your life. You don't need right. to know what that's, that's where I can, I can help you with all that. Right, that's what right. the program is about. Um, and often you don't know what, cause I didn't know what I was like, I just know that I can't keep living like that. I'm going to die. Or if I live, I can't live like this, right? Yeah. Something has to change. And you, you really, it's such an important decision to make because only then are you ready to really look inside instead of outside. Right. Um, so those are the two for me, life-saving decisions. That Absolutely. Make and what will be arguably the two most important decisions of anyone's life who, who is in these relationships or has experienced them. And so, so your critical part of the healing is to make sure that you don't repeat the pattern afterwards, right? Because you can heal, but if you go back to the same thing, then you're, you're not really healed. And so in order to do that, um, there's a big focus on going back to find the root cause of why you ended up in these toxic relationships in the first place and working on healing those old wounds because it didn't just happen, right? right. And, and in, in all likelihood, it doesn't have to be, but in, you know, it is very possible that, that the root causes go back to somewhere in your childhood, Right. And so it's about going, going back to find the root cause and then working on healing those old wounds. Um, so that's another big part of, uh, part of the program and to work on mindset because our mind is also an amazing tool and it works to, to make the thoughts we think and the words we say to ourselves a reality. Mm-hmm. So again, we, like working on mindset is a big, big part of the puzzle because it will, it will shift a lot within yourself. Um, but at the same time, at the beginning of the program, a big piece is education. Um, because for me, that was so critical to understand what actually happened to me and how do they operate? Because those aha moments where it finally does all just click into place are critical for healing. Because until I had that, I always somehow believed that there was something good in him or that he could change or that he was that person he portrayed to be. It's like, you, you, you've got to understand that. So that educational piece um, is key. I talk about generational trauma. I talk about Mm -hmm. grieving and the importance of it. I, Mm -hmm. you know, one of my modules is on um, feng shui. You know, we look at your values and defining your values. We look at mapping the life you want and, you know, taking steps to, to get there. Um, have a module on money um, matters as well because mm-hmm. so often in these relationships people end up staying because they have this they feel like they're finite or maybe they are financially dependent um, on this person and find out you know money doesn't make anyone better or worse or it's not good or bad or and I, I feel like a lot of people have a negative mindset around money so absolutely it's important to so shift many. that mindset as and well because at least in, in my generation we're not educated in it it's not part of a school system like no, no. one teaches us about investing at about how to manage money it's like maybe save right but that's not the answer either no. right no um and and so many people have fear and blocks just around money because it's a scary subject because they don't know, they don't know what to do. How to manage it. Right. And so <laughs> how to make it, how to manage it, how to save it, how to yeah, invest it. 
Right. And for me, that was also a key part. You know, I went and did an investment management course. I read a lot of books. Again, like all my education, like all the learning, I found that they were all key elements to actually healing the one thing. And that's why I do. I have a module on on uh, money matters as well, because that's great. It's so key because, yeah, money doesn't make you better, but it does give you choices and choices. Absolutely. Are a little bit more freedom and choices. Essential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have an eight week program called mm-hmm. make your body, your boss. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a website and people can follow you on Instagram or Facebook yes. and you have a private Facebook group too. Do, yes. Can you tell everyone a little bit about the private Facebook group? Is that solely for your clients, customers, or is it for anyone who can, who's interested in just um, getting to know you a little bit better and follow you? Um, it is for anyone who's I've just started it so it's a new group um, so people are just joining now and it, it really anyone is welcome to join but the, the focus will then really be on if you're out and you know you are generally interested in maybe doing this program then it's a good way to get more information I will start I haven't yet I will start doing lives within that group uh, in the near future which I won't you know I haven't done on any other platform um, so it will be, you will have access to more information and more insight through that program. Um, so the name of your Facebook group is Revival Health LLC. Is correct. correct. So Instagram okay. and Facebook and the private Facebook group, it's all Revival Health LLC. And that'll be in my podcast notes. So in case you're wondering how to spell it, I will have it right there for you. Um, and also you can get in touch with Veronica uh, via email. Do you prefer email or do you prefer a social media contact? Uh, email is fine. What, whatever works for people. It's yeah. And it's Veronica at revivalhealth.ch, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So the right. CH is important because I am based in Switzerland. So that's why it's not .com, but it's dot .ch. And, okay, and yeah, yeah. the website is the website is revivalhealth.ch. Yeah. And um, again, I'll have all of that in the podcast notes. Um, I do usually ask guests three questions before I end, but before I actually do that, do you have anything else that you would like to share with the listener? If there's one thing you want to, anything that you want to just make sure you get out before they contact you or connect with you? Um, two things really. So just, I I really want to let people know that if you have experienced these relationships or, you know, if you are still in it then understand it is not your fault, right? It's so important to understand it's not your fault. I mean, it's like really hear that, acknowledge it and, and, and take it in. Um, but the second part is it is your responsibility to do something about it because only you can nobody else can can change your life nobody else can change your situation and you can't change your partner you can't change anyone else the only person that any of us can ever change is ourselves right and so the only way to make things better is to take responsibility for yourself. And I know that sounds scary, like responsibility, ooh, none of us like it. But yeah. if, you, if you, I wanna offer a different perspective on that word. If you look at what it actually means, it means an ability to respond. And for me, at least when I look at it that way, I'm like, oh, that's quite empowering actually. Absolutely, because yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't wanna be able to respond in a great way to situations that 
that occur around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just, I hope for maybe, you know, even if it's just one person out there, if that, if looking at it that way can shift the perspective and all of a sudden it becomes an empowering thing versus a scary thing, then, you know, our job is done for the day. You no, know, I, I agree with really? you because I've never viewed it that way. When you say take responsibility for your life, some people may take that in a way that is like, oh, you know, this must be my fault. I have to take and, responsibility and for this. And yeah, thing, but, but right? in actuality, this is the exact opposite of, about, of what you are in now. If you're in something like this, you don't have that ability to respond. You're stuck in this cycle of toxicity. And, and, and if you look, I'd love that. It's such a great way to look at it. I, you know, I want the ability to be able to respond to what's happening to myself, yeah. to me right now, to, you know, shift. And with and, great and, responsibility comes great power. Sure does. Very <laughs> empowering. Very yeah. empowering. Yeah. So Thank you I just so much. Out there. Yeah. I love that. If anyone, yeah, you're right. If they don't hear anything else, I think the biggest message is this is not yeah. your fault. But not you your fault. Do, and you can do something about it now. You, so. can, you can do something about it. And, and right. I'm here and please, yeah, if it resonates with you, if you're looking for support during the process, then absolutely reach out. Um, you yep. can set up a call with me through my website and I'm here for Excellent. It. Excellent. Thank you so much. Again, listeners, I'll have all of that um, important information in the notes so you don't need to pull over and write it down. (laughs) Um, But I do like to ask everyone three questions before we leave for this episode. And the first one is when you are feeling at your most, when you are feeling your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? Oh, good question. (laughs) When I'm I'm most peaceful, there are a few things actually. Um, So for me, running has always been, um, been the place where I can, I can just switch off my mind. Um, yeah, and I, I found that as a teenager because I had, had very difficult teenage years as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just when I ran, somehow the world around me disappeared and, and I just felt very peaceful. That's so great. I think that's been the longest serving uh, one. There, there have come others. Um, and uh, I, I, I ride motorcycles. And to me, I get a sense when I ride as well. Mm-hmm. It's very, very freeing, very, very mm-hmm. liberating. Um, and the third one is with, I have a puppy. He's a 10 month old puppy now. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Giant puppy. He's already 37 kilos. I'm not sure what that translates to in pounds, but I think it's I like, know, but I, I can look it up. How much did you say? 80? I think it's like nine, 80, 90 pounds. And he's only Oh my God. Pounds. What kind of dog he's is it? He's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh, beautiful. Um, but obviously requires a lot of time and training. And, and when I'm with him, um, he's taught me so much about mindfulness and just really say being be, present, yeah. being in the present moment, because my God, if you are anywhere else, <laughs> he's just, a dog that big, you have to pay attention. They know, you know, it's all about energy. And the, yeah. like, I never take my phone when I'm walking the dog because he knows. And when I'm, distracted he knows and then he starts misbehaving it's 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 amazing so so he actually is 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 a very good teacher of mindfulness for me that's great I love Mm -hmm. that 
Um, my poor dogs have to deal with my ridiculousness and they always, whenever they act crazy, I think I did that to them. <laughs> my energy is screwing up with screwing the dogs up, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Is there one book that you would recommend um, to any of your clients or just in general that you read or maybe listened to, um, exposed to, that you loved, that you would recommend? Um, this is probably going to make you laugh and not That's okay. what you're expecting because it's not, I, I have read a lot and there, I, I mean, there are a lot. I know you threw yourself here. into all of learning everything that was happening. I know you read I a lot recommend, of But the, the one that it's, it's not, it's not technical. It's not even about, um, toxic and narcissism, but the book, um, he's just not that into you. And they made it, they made a movie about it, but the book, it's not, the movie is not the same. So forget the movie, like read the book. the, the, The essential thing is it doesn't matter what the situation, if you're doubting, or if you're asking a question, or if you're confused, or if you're frustrated, the answer is always the same. He's just not that. <laughs> and, and again, he, he doesn't, the author doesn't go into, um, you know, toxicity and narcissism and everything, but, but the, the principle is that because a narcissist, the toxic person is not, they, they, they are empathy free, right? So, right. They so they're not into are, anything except they're for themselves. They're not into anything. They're fundamentally unable to have any real connection to anyone or anything. Right. And it's tragic. Um, yeah. But, but that is the reality. So it's a book that I, I read a long time ago and I just, throughout this journey, keeps like popping into my head. And I was like, well, actually, if you just listen to that <laughs> and you know, all the theory and everything else also, it doesn't that might be relevant, easier to, that might be but, an easier read then, but, but know, exactly the heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. So I know it might be surprising for readers. That's the first I, time anyone's ever brought that one up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like it. Okay. And if money was not an object, what would you be doing? You didn't uh, have to survive on money. Uh, if money wasn't not an object, uh, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, I love that. Most yeah. people answer that. Um, and no judgment to those who say I'd have no, a bigger house. <laughs> no. no, I'm, I. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah, people I really say that because I think all the people that I've been able to interview so far have been through it and, and they learned something about themselves and they're able to help others through sharing their story and yeah. doing what they're doing. And they always say, I think I'd be doing the same thing that I'm doing now. Yeah, I really, um, you know, again, I sort of cut everything in my life and just started over. It's like I started over it, you know, <laughs> in my very late 30s. Um, I'm 41 now. And I just just revamped everything. I changed almost everything in my life. And so I fi- because I finally took responsibility for my life. And yeah, it wasn't a quick journey. It wasn't an easy one, which is why I hope through my program, I can actually not that in eight weeks, you'll never have another problem again that, you know, no one. No, can but you absolutely are bringing more knowledge into somebody's awareness. So they are right. able to maybe see um, what they weren't seeing before. So, and, and to get to the root cause and, and really yeah. it's about breaking the abuse cycle, right? Which yeah. Yeah. I I've created what I wish I would have had at the That's beginning right. of my journey. If someone had, I'm patient zero, right. And if someone had come yes. to me and say, 
this is these are the steps that you need to go through and these this is what's happening and you need to get to the root cause and this is how we can do it and this is what like I would have been like take my money <laughs> just yep. just you know and yeah. you can do it in eight weeks instead of the years and years and the the fortunes that it's taken me right you but know? it all led you to this point now so it's all really it did important yeah, yeah. So well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know it's not easy to share um, situations, uh, but they do make us stronger. And, and if you can, like you said, and we had spoken about just reach one person who yeah. might be going through this. And if they just maybe check out your Facebook group mm-hmm. and then, then they start to feel like, oh, this might be something that I need. I didn't realize I was in this kind of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's worth it. It's all worth it. Absolutely. So, I appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your truth um, with the listeners. And uh, again, everyone, if you want to connect with Veronica, you can jump on Facebook because I know a lot of you are on Facebook. You can jump on Facebook and find her at Revival Health LLC. You can follow her on Instagram at the same name, Revival Health LLC. And her site, her website is revivalhealth.ch. Um, and her program, Make Your Body Your Boss. What a great name. So thanks again, Veronica, for joining us and everyone Thank else. You. Oh, Thank you so for having me, Liz. I loved you're it. Welcome. Good. Um, and everyone else, I'll be back without Veronica or Brittany, but I'll be back again in just a sec. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.